Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Termical Terminal fans, welcome to the show on another Sunday afternoon. Sun Guy along with the coach with the most coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast because his favorite country to visit, if he's not here, is the Ivory Coast. Coach Mike Jones, real fast, some show notes if you're looking for some professional wrestling. Grindhouse Pro Wrestling in Jeffersonville, Indiana at the arena. And also... NAP in Indianapolis, Indiana. Well, Coach, we are waiting for our guests. We're having a tiny bit of technical difficulties, but she'll be on shortly. Do you have a theme song you'd like to hum? Uh, no. What about talking some local wrestling? Well, well now we're disappointed you're not humming a theme song. So go ahead and recap the Defy show from last night. Uh, I don't know the results from that, but I see that it was success, a success by the pitchers that I've seen. And, of course, you got the SOS training facility down here in Tacoma. They had the beginners and the intermediate classes today. I'm pretty sure Wild Lyle and Viento is down there either right now or already been down there. Any results from the training facility? No, not yet. But okay. There you go, son. That was pretty good. That was Hawaii Five O. If I've ever heard Hawaii Five O, I have heard Hawaii Five O. Yes. What about you? All right. Well, I'm going to attempt to call our guest here, having apparently a little bit of technical difficulty. Let's see if we can get her on. Maybe Coach, you'd like to hum something else. <laughs> uh, let me see. Batman. Is that Batman? Yes, the Batman, not not Sonny from the the Korean national soccer team, who wears a mask because he broke his cheek and he's out there like a warrior, still fighting for his country, about to beat Ghana tomorrow in Qatar. 
Are you going to be in Qatar watching the game, Coach? No, unfortunately not. I have bigger and better things to do. I'm needed here in the Northwest. Wow, bigger than the World Cup. All right. Well, let's see if we can get our guest. I believe we might have here. Let's see. Ah, Almost had her. Almost. Let me try that once more. All right, here we go. Hopefully she's not sleeping. She's a princess. She needs her beauty sleep. Do we have Princess Victoria with us? I think I'm here now. All right, (laughs) you seem to be. Well, Princess, thank you so much for being with us. We definitely appreciate you being on the show one more time. I I always have fun with you guys, so this this is just a vacation for me. Fantastic. Well, as you know, we're celebrating our Turnbuckle Turmoil Hall of Famers this month. You, of course, a member of that fraternity. So to lead off, I'm going to ask you, when you get inducted into Hall of Fames, I'm sure you are in a few. What goes through your mind when you get put into a Hall of Fame and you are acknowledged as someone that's had a success in your industry? Well, to be perfectly honest, it uh, puzzles me sometimes because uh, there's so many ladies who spent so much more time in the ring you know, and traveling and touring than I did, <clears throat> you know, like Velvet McIntyre, uh, Judy Martin, Leilani Kai, uh, Joyce Grable. And it just, I, I go, I ask myself, why weren't they first? And of course, I'm, I'm honored to be put into the, the Hall of Fame. It just, sometimes it just puzzles me. Well, for our particular Hall of Fame qualifications where you have to have been a guest here on our show, which you definitely were, and you had to have made positive contributions to the wrestling industry, which I believe you definitely did as well. So that's why you're in our Hall of Fame, and we definitely appreciate everything you did. I know your time in wrestling was cut short due to injury, but in your time in it, you definitely made a lot of really good contributions, and you continue to do so, just not in the ring wrestling actively. Well, I appreciate that, and and I'm very honored, of course. You know, like I said, it's just, it it just, it's, I don't, I don't even know how to express it. Um, I guess I've made my mark on wrestling, you know. Uh, I would I would have liked to have stayed a little bit longer than I did. <laughs> For sure, especially but, uh, going out on your own terms, I'm sure you definitely would have changed the finish on that. Oh, yeah, by several. Well, I say I would, but. Then again, if I look back and I see where I went from the day I broke my neck to today, no, I I wouldn't change it. 
because, and, and I say this a lot, if I hadn't broke my neck, I would have still, I would have stayed in wrestling for obviously many more years than I did. And I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have met my first husband. And if I hadn't met my first husband, I wouldn't have had my son, John. And then I wouldn't have met my second husband, Jack, who is the love of my life, my soulmate, my best friend, the little brother I couldn't kill. So even though I, part of me wants to change it, the main part of me says no, because I wouldn't miss those two men in my life for anything in this world. That makes absolute perfect sense. I, well, I appreciate that. You know, and I and I think if people look back on their lives and they say, like I just said, well, I would have changed this or I would have changed that, they need to take a second look and, and realize if you haven't been through everything that you've been through in your life, you wouldn't be where you are today. You know, and if and if you're happy with your life, you shouldn't want to change the past. That is very true. I mentioned that you still are contributing to professional wrestling. In the last several years, I know you've done a lot of conventions. You've gone to the CAC, and you have popped up on national television on some documentaries. I know there was a long time where you didn't really do anything wrestling-related, and in the last few years, you've been sort of tied to wrestling again. What's it like in this stage of your life being able to go back and work maybe not directly in the industry but around it? Well, actually, I am working directly in the industry right now. Um, I'm here with uh, Tommy here in Guthrie, uh, Oklahoma, working with BCW. I'm actually training to be a booker there. Oh, very nice. And we had we had a fantastic show uh, last October, and we've got another one coming up in April, and and it's right in Guthrie, Oklahoma, uh, which is it's kind of sort of a tourist town, but it's more on the antiques cobblestone road type. Um, just a sweet little town that's about ten miles from my house. Um, and and as far as being back in wrestling, um, I saw I saw a meme the other day, well, a while back, that says wrestling's like the mafia. Once you get in, you can never leave. You know too much. <laughs> That's probably very accurate. Well, well, my first when I came back into the business, um, I, I'm sure everybody knows the story of how I, how what Moolah did to me, you know, and how she did me when I broke my neck. Um, but when I, uh, so I was gone for approximately 30 years. I, I just, I walked off the face of the map. The only person I had talked to was Velvet McIntyre. Um, that's, our friendship has lasted <coughs> since she was 18 and I was, I think I was 18 too. Um, but once I got back in, I went to, uh, Gulf Coast Wrestling uh, Reunion. And I didn't even get in the door good when uh, one of the wrestlers came up to me and he goes, where the hell have you been? 
and I didn't even have my name tag on yet. And uh, I looked at him. I said, well, I kind of went below the radar. He said, try it again, and we'll send the dogs after you. <laughs> so, I, so I took that as kind of a warning, and I stuck around. <laughs> uh, and, it, and it's really so much fun when I go to, like, CAC and uh, or, or uh, you know, the different wrestling reunions and conventions. It, it's, it, it's really fun to see my brothers again. You know, it's we we we're a family. You know, uh, the people from my my era in wrestling, we are a family. You know, a, a totally dysfunctional family, but we're a family. Uh, and when one of us drops out of sight, it it worries the rest of us. And I guess I just didn't take that into account when I dro- dropped out of sight. Now, shortly after you did our show, within a few months, uh, we had talked and I invited you to a show in Portland, which was reasonably close to you at the time. And I know the first person that saw you once you pulled up to the building there was Tex Thompson, who you had known years earlier. And you got to do a little bit at the Blue Collar Wrestling Show uh, when you came to visit, what was it like going to a local show and all of a sudden there's somebody that's also a Sandy Bar trainee that you've known for so long? Oh, it. The thing uh, you end up uh, having a sore sore throat in the morning because you sit there and you talk and you talk and you talk and it's like you know when I finish talking, uh, the other wrestler will pop up. You know, well, do you remember this? And do you, oh, yeah, I remember this, and I remember what happened that day. And, you know, it's it's just, it's a family reunion, like I said. Um, it just, that's just the way we are. Um, and I really like going to these these indie shows because uh, sometimes, I, sometimes I get frustrated, you know, going in the dressing room. Uh and some of the things I hear and some of the things I see, you know, some things really please me, but there's other things that bother me. And I, I'm sure I've spoke about it before, uh, about, you know, taking 30, 40 minutes or an hour or two hours to discuss a match and the, the words that I hate to hear. These are my most hated words. Well, i got to get my me this in. You know what I mean? I understand completely. Yeah, I mean, I've seen guys two hours to do a five-minute match. Right, and and it's kind of like, why, why, why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you putting so much stress on yourself? Uh, because, and I've seen this. I've actually seen it happen, where they talk over, like you said, a fifteen-minute match for two hours. And then, you know, something happens as it will in life. You know, something screws up and you got two guys standing there or two gals standing there and they're going, oh, shit, what do we do now? Uh, and, you know, back in my day, we didn't have to worry about that. Um, 
but anyway, getting back to seeing uh, the different wrestlers, uh, it's it's really fun. Um, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of us gone, and uh, uh, that hurts sometimes. Um, luckily, a few of us that have left, I've been able to see them for a short visit before they left this earth. Um, if you look back right now on wrestling, there's so many of us gone that were here in the 70s and 80s, and at such a young age, you know. Um, and, and to me, forgive me, I'm 61 going on 62, but 60 to me is a young age. And a lot of the wrestlers from my era are dying at 60 or younger. And actually, it's quite frightening. And uh, please don't come back at me with this, well, you guys did the drugs and you did this and you did that. No, we didn't. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, we drank. Yes, we did pain pills. Um, you know, when you're working seven seven days a week, uh, sometimes having seven, nine matches a week, uh, depending on, you know, it, how many times you get booked on a Saturday and Sunday, which sometimes was two and three times, uh, because the promoter wanted to get as much money out of you as he could, uh, a lot of the wrestlers are dying due to heart attacks, uh, their bodies are just worn out because they literally, literally gave their lives to wrestling. Um, Rip Oliver, a good friend of mine, just passed away several months ago. Um, in fact, most of the guys that I know are gone. Um, I, I'd have to take off my shoes to count how many of the wrestlers from my era now, you know, and and I say my era, my friends, because we were all friends and family. Uh, they're gone, and it's it's really a sad thing to look at. It definitely is. You mentioned being trained to be a booker. The person that trained you to wrestle, Sandy Barr of course, was a booker as well. What's it like for you now, looking back and knowing Sandy Barr had this uh, booking job and now sort of the baton's been passed and you're now going into that role in wrestling, which is, I'm sure, not something you initially thought you would do when you walked through Sandy Barr's door. I didn't even expect to be in wrestling when I walked through Sandy Barr's door. Uh, <laughs> that was just one of those things that magically came about. Um, but I think Sandy would be real proud. Uh, and and he kind of set me up. When he was training me, you know, I didn't just wrestle for Sandy. And, uh, you know, Sandy was a multifaceted man. He uh, he ran a print shop, uh, which he yes he printed out the uh, uh, the pamphlets for wrestling every Saturday. But there were other things he printed up for different people as well. Um, he uh, he had his fingers in so many different things, and you know booking for for uh, Don Owens uh, the print shop. Uh, the flea market, uh, 
and and then of course his training school. I mean, how many how many jobs can one man handle at the same time? And he was doing all of this, and and he was present. Um, uh, unlike some schools I've seen, uh, Sandy Barr was in the ring with us when we were training, and and he was actually physically there. He wasn't just standing in the corner. He was physically there to show us what he wanted us to do and how he wanted us to do it. And, you know, he really, he instilled in his students, his students that made it into, into wrestling, you know, a, a code of honor, you know, that, that you, you do your best no matter what it is. Um, and he said it, my grandmother said it, uh, if it ain't worth doing right, it ain't worth doing. Uh, and uh, I, I think Sandy's, Sandy's kind of laughing right now because uh, Sandy had me, believe it or not, before I was wrestling, working for Sandy, I had, uh, he had me book a set of one-week show, you know, one week of shows. And uh, I'm sure he was looking over my shoulder real hard, but, and when I say book, I mean book. You, I, I had to call the towns. Uh, I had to find out, you know, do they have a school? Do they have a VFW? How many people can it hold? Uh, do we do we get to use our own concession, or are they going to use their concession? How many people are in the town? Not only how many people are in the town, but how many people are in the surrounding areas? Because a lot of times, you know, you get like in Guthrie here, you know, you've got a small town, but you've got a lot of hard-working people in the extended area around Guthrie. Um, so you had to count them as possibilities to show up for the show. Uh, you know, you went to the towns, you put out you put out posters, you got on the radio shows, you got on, if you could get on a t- local TV show, you did that as well. Uh, and... Uh, I think I think he'd be real happy with the way that Tommy's running the shows, and believe it or not, it's funny because uh, the name of this, uh, the initials for this wrestling uh, show that I'm working for now is BCW, um, <laughs> which is funny that you know Tex uh, used to work with BCW up there in Portland, Portland as well, but I don't I don't think people understand just just how much there is involved in being a booker. It, it's not just, you know, walking in the dressing room and saying, you know, riding on some kind of a dry erase board, you know, okay, first match is this, second match is that. That's not all that there is involved in it. You know, if you're a booker, you you are heavily involved in the show because, you know, as with the wrestlers, you're getting a portion of that gate. And the bigger the gate, the bigger the bigger your payday. That is very true. That's how it's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and uh, I, I wish I wish more people would have been at uh, the Guthrie Guthrie show. I mean, we had we had a good sellout show, but I I would have liked to see more people standing around uh, that couldn't get seats uh, because uh, the BCW here in Guthrie is they are old old school wrestling. There's not the cussing. There's not the fussing. You know, uh, you can bring grandma and grandpa, you know, and your six-year-old daughter to these shows. Uh, 
they they have you know like like Sandy used to do. They've got the concession stands and all that, and and some pretty dang good food too. Uh, Tommy cooks his own barbecue, uh, his own his own barbecue pulled pork uh, for pulled pork sandwiches, um, and and this is the kind of thing that you know I'm used to, and it it seriously reminds me working with Tommy here seriously reminds me of working for Sandy. You know, uh, it's it's a real pleasure, and it's it's nice to see that the old school uh, values are being honored here. Always nice to see when promotions adhere to the old traditions. Oh, well, and one of the, and one thing that happened, which really, really tickled me. There was one of the guys, he had booked himself twice for that day, which, like, you know, I mentioned before, there's sometimes you wrestle two, three times a day. Um, and along with some of the other wrestlers that were on the show. But, and uh, all the other wrestlers from the, the show earlier in the day had showed up on time, you know, were there, you know, so, because, you know, you, you can't, you know, there's these, these words on the bottom of a wrestling poster, uh, uh, subject to change. And, uh, you know, because anything can happen. You know, your car can break down on the road. Uh, you know, family emergencies, anything can happen when you're on your way to a show. And one of the guys barely made it, made it in the door before, uh, before the first match. And it was at the time that, uh, Tommy was going over with everybody, you know, what he wanted, you know, he, how he wanted this show presented to the people of Guthrie. And, and like I said, he was talking family values. He didn't want any cussing. He didn't want this. He didn't want that. And he, and he said, I don't want you messing with my money. And when you say you're going to show up at my matches and to wrestle and you don't show up, that's messing with my money. And about the time he said that, said that this kid come, you know, dragging in, and uh, Tommy just kept on saying what he was saying, even though he was saying about this kid walking in the door, he just kept right on into it, and he turned around and he looked straight at the kid when he was talking. He said, "So if you can't be here on time for my show, then don't, don't." don't book yourself or ask me to book you at my wrestling show. And that right there, to me, you know, that was the epitome of old school wrestling. Absolutely. One of the things that you have, and it's probably one of the ways that a lot of fans uh, know your name and sort of got interested in learning more is a WWF trading card. There's a Princess Victoria Tops trading card out on the market. When was the first time you learned that you were going to be on a trading card? And do you see a lot of these popping up when you go to the conventions to sign autographs? Uh, well, you talk about a mind blower. 
you know, when when cops called me, I thought it was rib. I mean, I seriously, to the point that I called uh, uh, an attorney who I'm sure you know the name of, uh, uh, Mr. Kairos. Uh, I called him, and I said, you know, can here's this phone number. Can can you check this out and you know find out what's going on here because you know once again I I was astonished that they hadn't called Judy or Joyce or Leilani or or Velvet. Um, I couldn't believe that Tops was calling me. Uh, so and and I had I had Mr. Kairos call him and he called me back laughing uh, because they wanted me to autograph you know, a thousand of these cards and, and, and they did pay me well for doing that. Um, but, and he started laughing. He says, yeah, as soon as I called the guy, he says, look, we, we've only got so much money allotted for her to autograph. And, and he, he went totally on the defense as soon as he heard, uh, Mr. Kairos's name. Um, but yeah, uh, Ms. Kairos called them and checked it out and made sure it was them. And they actually brought the cards to my house. They had a uh, person there uh, to witness every autograph so that they could pe- put a COA with them. And yes, I actually do see quite a quite a few of them popping up. Uh, I did a show a couple years ago uh, up in the Northeast, and. This one guy had over 150 of the cards, um, and and I have uh, people all the time, you know, wanting to send me the card and have me autograph it for if if they can't get to one of the shows that I'm at. I carry and, one and in my bag just in case we cross paths again. It's right there. <laughs> well, if if you don't have it with you, darling, I've got a few I carry with with myself, and I'll make sure you get one. <laughs> Fair deal. Well, right now my co-host is standing by, and Coach Mike Jones has questions to ask as well, so I'm going to pass you over to the coach with the most. Hey, hey Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on. It's an honor and privilege to talk to you. Thank you, sir. That goes. That's a two-way street. I appreciate y'all having me on. Okay, nice. And then, so who were some of your heroes growing up? Whether it was wrestling, sports, music, ordinary life, or all of the above. Uh, all of the above. Uh, uh, and and I'll get real corny here. We can start with music. Uh, of course, that was. The Bee Gees, uh, 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 Davy Jones and the Monkees, uh, 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 shoot, I can't even remember all of them. Uh, I had I had the proverbial poster room of different people. Uh, a lot of people probably won't remember the guy, uh, but the lead, uh, the lead on uh, B.J. and the Bear, I had his poster right above my bed, tacked to the ceiling. You know, and I and I've got several heroes in wrestling. Uh, Elvis Presley, uh, not in wrestling, but in music. Elvis Presley was one. I've I've literally got almost every album he ever put out. Uh yes, vinyl. You know, kids, those big round things uh, <laughs> that you're now making clocks out of. 
but as far as wrestling, uh, I still have, and I'll never forget it, the first wrestling match I ever attended live, I was about nine years old, and Jimmy Snooker was there. And the first time I saw him go off that top rope from the turnbuckle almost to the other side of the ring, I, I just, I was in total awe. And I still have the 8 by 10 autographed picture that he signed for me that night. Uh, and he was, he was so, so good with people. I, <coughs> excuse me, I, I would venture to say that after his match, he was the last one to leave the building, uh, other than the security guard, guards and the cleanup crew. And he sat there and he patiently signed every autograph for every person that came up to him that had, you know, gotten one of his 8x10s or even just had a little piece of paper. He sat there and signed every autograph for everyone that was in that building until the last one left. And then he went in and he got his grip and left. So I would definitely say, you know, Jimmy Snuka is one of my heroes. Uh, uh, of course, Sandy Barr. You know, um, Don Owens, they treated me so good uh, when I was wrestling for them. And, you know, Sandy, of course, in training. Uh, Sandy was like uh, an adopted father, uh, which a lot of people know. I never met my real dad. Uh, and Sandy taught me a lot of things. He He reinforced a lot of the things that my grandmother had tried to teach me about, you know, honor uh responsibility uh standing up uh, uh taking responsibility whether you were right or wrong uh all the things in life that you know that take you on uh the please and thank you the excuse me you know yes sir no ma'am all of that um you know of course uh i was there i i had not started wrestling yet when the great uh uh feud between uh, Buddy Rose and Roddy Piper happened. You know, those two right there, uh, two of the great, in my opinion, two of the greatest wrestlers in in the business. Uh, you know, uh, before, before the Piper feud, Piper and Buddy Rose were a tag team. They were two of the most hated men in wrestling. And then all of a sudden, in a 10-minute period, Roddy Piper went from being the most hated man in wrestling to the most loved man in wrestling. And I'm not sure there's many people out there that have ever done that and done it successfully. Uh, and, and the thing was, he didn't change who he was. He just changed which side he was working for. So I'd say Roddy Piper, Buddy Rose, Stan Stasiak, um, you know, all the guys I came up with in the Northwest, you know, are heroes of mine because of the way they did me, the way they treated me, the things they taught me. Um, and uh, it just, you know, you don't find that often. Yeah, uh, not yeah, only in wrestling, you not find it often, but in the real world, you don't find it often that that people just take you in under their wing, not even having known you uh, until you happen to ask for a job at an arena. And they take you in, they take you under their wing, they protect you, you know, they teach you. Uh, 
both sides of the street. They praise you when they're good, good, and they and they let you know when you've done wrong. Um, so I would say every wrestler that ever wrestled in the Northwest from 1970, well, no, it'd be earlier than that. 1970, from when I saw my first match at nine, and until I left uh, Oregon in I believe it was 1980 to go wrestle uh, for Moolah. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow, what a blessing. Oh, my goodness. You took the words right out of my mouth, Mike. I was about to say I was blessed to have come up in wrestling when I did and to come up in the territory of the Pacific North Northwest like I did. It was, you know... I'm sure anybody who's read my book knows my childhood was not one of the greatest things in the world. Uh, but when I walked into that arena, in, <clears throat> into the uh, Port, uh, Chautauqua Sports Arena in Portland, when I was 14, uh, that was probably the best move I ever made in my life. Uh, because I went from sleeping in doorways in Portland with newspapers for covers to walking right into one of the biggest families you could ever be blessed to have. And uh, I, I'm so glad that I decided, you know, to take that, that $5 that I had uh, spare change people before and went to the wrestling arena that night. I am still to this day very, very happy that I did that because that one step led me down a road that I was very blessed to be on. Wow, hallelujah. Yes, and then so what are some of the different characters that you've worked as? I've always been Princess Victoria. From okay. day one till this day. Um, number one, I am Native. Uh, I've always lived Native. Uh, I... As everybody knows, I never met my dad, but uh, according to my mom, uh, my biological mother, he was uh, he was uh, Native American. Uh, there's uh, uh, shoot, I just lost my train of thought. I just my mind just took a walk down the left road and said bye. About, uh, about being, being <laughs> Native American and your parents. Yeah. Uh, I still can't remember what I was talking about, and I'm only drinking coffee. Imagine what happens when I get off on a good stretch. Ask me that question again, Mike. I will, yes, so we can hold off on that. But one of our main questions on Turnbuckle Turmoil is, and Sign Guy and some of the fans might know, but I don't, what is your favorite coffee to drink? What is my favorite coffee to drink? Yes. Actually, right now I'm drinking, and it depends on what day it is. Right now I'm drinking Dunkin' Donuts maple flavored breakfast coffee. Okay, nice. We get we get Dunkin' Donuts a lot as favorites. Yes, nice. Oh yeah, well, you're a wrestler. You know what Dunkin' Donuts is, just like you know what uh, Wendy's and McDonald's is. Yeah, <laughs> pancake house, of course. Oh well, and there's not uh, a there's not a, any of them around anymore that I know of in this area, but the old Waffle Houses. 
a Waffle House. When <laughs> and and if you've never been kicked out of a Waffle House, you ain't a real wrestler. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. So, so be, before we get back to uh, the, the different characters where you were talking about being Native American oh, and, yeah. your, and your father. Yeah. Uh, we can hold off on that unless you remembered. Oh, I remember. I got it. Okay, there it is. It, it my brain only goes for a little while. It need, it knows it needs to go back in my head for oxygen. Um, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, when when I was training with Sandy Barr, he came up to me one day and he said, "All right, now everybody's got a gimmick. We didn't call them characters in that day. We called them gimmicks. Um, everybody's got a gimmick. What do you think you, your gimmick should be?" Well, I always wanted to be a French girl, and I already had my name uh, picked out, too. It was uh, 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 Misty Lafleur, uh, which Lafleur in French means the flower. Um, and Sandy looked at me and he said, uh, can you speak French? I looked at him, you know, like dumb. I just, no. He says, then how can you be French if 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 you're if you can't speak French? <laughs> and I went, uh, uh, uh. He said, your ring name is Princess Victoria because you are Indian. He said, and the best gimmick is in the world is your real life persona. Is who you really are. He said, because the easiest thing to be is yourself. And if you look at the ring gear that I wore when I first started out, the black skirt with the red on the bottom of it, the uh, the brown vest with the with the feathers across the chest, uh, the white uh, uh, skirt with the embroidery on it, and my first set of wrestling boots, all of that came out of my closet. That was already in my closet before I ever began training for wrestling. I wore those things on a daily basis. What they did with the moccasins, and Sandy sent them to the local guy who made wrestling boots, and he had the uh, the the shoe shoe guy put uh, just a wrestling heel on my moccasins. Um, so, like I said, I started out as Princess Victoria, and to this day, that's who I am as Princess Victoria. And uh, depending on who you are and how you approach me, you know, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> Definitely, yes, and awesome. I live my character as Coach Mike Jones, the coach with the most, coming at you from coast to coast, live here in Puyallup, Washington. So, yes, I know what you mean. All right, and then uh, what were some of the most memorable matches you've seen or been involved with or both? Oh, Lord. Well, of course, the most memorable, and it's not so much the match. The match is involved in it being memorable, but uh, the night that uh, Velvet and I uh, uh, gained the titles from uh, Joyce and Wendy, in Madison Square Garden, um, you know, I've, I've worked for some decent-sized crowds before, but if you've ever been to Madison Square Garden at a sold-out house back when the WWF 
was the WWF and Mr. McMahon uh, Sr. was in charge, you've never seen a crowd that big. And uh, Velvet and I walked out to the ring, and if if the the match is on YouTube, and if you if you watch the match, you'll see me hook hook elbows with Velvet, and we kind of do a dosy do. And I looked at her, and I'm telling her, Velvet, look at all these blankety blank people. And I mean, my palms were wet. I, you know, I, I I was always nervous before going out in front of the crowd for wrestling. Uh, but this time, I was seriously nervous. Um, and when you have that many people, you know, stomping their feet and going, princess, 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 or velvet, 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 you know, that's a sound that, uh, that's one of the reasons as a wrestler you become addicted to this business uh, is when you hear things like that. Or, and I'm sure on the opposite side, when you're a bad guy, which I, I have been in Japan and Trinidad and Santo Domingo, uh, the boo. You know, the bigger the boo, the better you feel. Uh, and, and like I said, that's, that's why a lot of wrestlers get addicted to it. Wow, amazing story. No, I haven't been in New York yet or Madison Square Garden, but it's on the list. Well, I don't think uh, Vinnie, I don't think Vinny Mac uh, runs uh, uh, Madison Square Garden anymore, but I think ROH may still run it. Um, okay. They have been ROH has been slowly closing in on uh, on Vinny's business, but I heard something about AEW bought them out. Yeah, yeah, they did, yes. Ah. Okay. Well, who knows? I mean, from what What's I've heard, and I I can honestly say I haven't watched any of the AEW shows, but I've watched many of the ROH shows. And uh, they have a few matches on the show that have me going, come on, guys, really? But overall, and I'd say about 85% of the matches and 100% of the women's matches, I have really enjoyed on ROH. Um, okay, nice. You know, well, the women were wrestling. They weren't out yeah, there yeah. doing this cookie cutter, you know, here's my T and here's my A. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what a headlock or a ham- uh, the difference between a headlock and a hammer uh, 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 he- hammerlock is. Uh, but I'm a wrestler. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But the girls on ROH, you know, Susie Sakai, I, and right now I've told myself a million times I need to w- write all these girls' names down. But overall, most of the girls without exception that I have seen on ROH, you know, have my respect because they could actually wrestle. Uh, They weren't out there prancing around the ring. Well, some of them were, but that's the way it is. Um, They weren't out there just showing TNA. The the girls really knew how to wrestle, and uh, I actually enjoyed watching ROH a lot. Nice. 
And then what about some of the most memorable matches you've seen so the fans can look some of those up? Oh, Lord. There's way too many to even even say to pick one out. Um, of course, the cage match with uh, Piper and Buddy Rose. And as I recall, I was sweeping the floor and, and, and getting ready to, you know, shut down the arena that night. But I made sure that I could watch that match. Um, you know, and of course, you know, Buddy had to get his big butt beard as always. Um, it is really, really hard for me to pick out any, you know, just one match. Um, any, any match that, uh, often Sika were in, you know, any old school match in the 80s, uh, you know, I can, I can just sit back and watch them and enjoy them because it makes me a fan again. And, you know, that's how I started out. I was, I was a fan of wrestling. And I remember, you know, screaming at the bad guy and, you know, hollering for the good guy. And there's not a lot of that going on anymore, you know, to where you can even distinguish as to who is the good guy and who is the bad guy. You know, exactly. uh, you know um, they call it tweeners. But if... You know, I can I can see, you know, first second match you've got tweeners, you know, uh you got two two good guys in there giving you an actual technical match, but everybody's a tweener now. You know, yeah. uh nobody's yeah. a real bad guy, nobody's a real good guy. And from what I'm hearing from the fans that are on my page, uh they want that old school era type matches back again. You know, they they want to hate the bad guy and they want to, you know, love the good guy. But if you don't have that where there's no distinguishing between the two, it, it's yeah, really definitely. hard, you know, because Sandy told me one time that, you know, going to the wrestling matches was like going to your psychologist. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, dad would grab the kids, mom, granddad, and grandpa, and they'd all go out to wrestling match. You know, dad's been frustrated all week because he's been working a job where his boss is an asshole. You know, mom's frustrated because she's been dealing with the kids and they're assholes too. You know, and everybody needed a break. And they'd go to the wrestling matches and they'd sit there and they'd yell and they'd scream and they'd get all this frustration out. And when they left the arena, they left with a smile on their face. Definitely, you know, yes. Right. A, a lot of people don't understand when I talk about that what I'm talking about. Um, but any of those old school matches, you know, Ed Wiskowski, anything uh, with Ed Wiskowski, uh, uh, Don Morocco, uh, Buddy Rose, uh, shoot, uh Tommy Rogers uh, and uh, Bobby Fulton, uh, any of those old school matches in the 80s, you can say are my favorite matches because I can watch them, watch the match 10 different times and 10 different times I'm sitting here, you know, going, yeah, yeah, ow, that hurt. You know, if you, if you can make, if I'm at a match and you can make me flinch, you're having a heck of a match. Exactly. And, and that's what right. I look for in a talented wrestler 
is to turn me back into that nine-year-old kid. Right on. You know, okay. and so, so who are some of your favorite people to work? Oh, shoot. Pretty much every every woman I ever wrestled in, in, in wrestling, uh, Velvet McIntyre was my favorite, of course. Um as opponents and as ta- as a tag team partner, we had this uh, this this What's the word? Synchronicity. There you go. You say the you say those hard words for me. Synchronicity that just 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 would. It's almost like we could read each other's mind in the ring, whether we were t- tag team partner or whether we were against each other. Um, I always loved wrestling Velvet, and I always loved wrestling with Velvet. Um, and we're still friends to this day. We may not talk as much on the phone as we used to, but we are still good friends to this day. We're always hitting each other up on, on Facebook Messenger, uh, number one, because it's cheaper. Uh, number two, because it's easier. You know, Velvet works a lot. But Judy Martin, uh, one of my favorites, Judy Martin. I was told by a certain woman in wrestling how stiff Judy Martin worked and, well, you know, what a hard time I was going to have with her on the road. And so, you know, we're in the car, we're riding, we get to the match. I'm getting ready to get the snot kicked out of me, you know. And I get in the ring and... I have to look down to see if the woman has drop kicked me. Um, and there was one, one uh, talk about one of my favorite matches. Judy and I, oh, where were we? I want, I want to say we were in Bill Watts territory, but I won't swear to it. Um, we were on live TV. And anybody who's watched Judy Martin knows that Judy Martin had a big set of bobos. and And Judy was, you know, just like me and Velvet and the rest of the girls, you know, we had elastic in so many places on our bathing suits, so things didn't come out. Um, And and Judy Judy had to get the extra strong for her her bathing suit. Um, And every time she'd cover you, you know, it was like you couldn't see anything. So we were on this live match one day, and, she 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 flew across the ring and covered me, and I blew a Zerbert on her chest on live television. This was not tape delayed. This was not, you know, taped and then put on. This was live television. And the match the match is on, uh, on YouTube. And you'll know it's the right match because it's the first time that, that she has, you know, that she covers me in the match, and I blew that Zerbert on her chest. And she jumped up like a scalded cat. <laughs> and, and to this day, you know, you asked me what one of my favorite, that was one of my favorite matches. Uh, you know, Leilani Kai. Uh, 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 oh, Lord. Let's see, Judy, Leilani Kai, uh, uh, Velvet, uh, Wendy Richter. Uh, Wendy and I spent a lot of time on the road. And I don't think a lot of people realize just just how hard Wendy worked uh, for this business. 
if we got to a motel and the motel didn't have a gym, she was out running down a back road, you know, getting cardio in, uh, doing push-ups, uh, jumping jacks. Uh, I mean, every, every single day, no matter what it took, that girl put in an hour to two hours of, of training. Uh, and she was all about wrestling and 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 a wonderful lady uh i enjoyed my time on the road with her uh uh candy malloy uh which is a very obscure name never got the uh recognition that she deserved uh was another one that i enjoyed going on the road with she was a very very good lady um unfortunately she's passed uh from cancer a couple of years ago but just about, if you see me in a match with somebody, another one I forgot, Peggy Fowler, uh, Peggy Lee Leather. You know, most, 99% of the ladies that I wrestled, I, I enjoyed wrestling because it it was just, it wasn't a job. You know, uh, they say if you hate your job, you need to quit and go get another one. I, I never wanted to quit wrestling. Nice. Awesome stories. Thanks for sharing that with us. We're getting close to the end here. Looks like we might have to get you back or I'm going to have to get you on my show. I do my shows on Saturday at noon Pacific. So we'll check with you on your scheduling. But uh, anyway, okay. what, are your, what are your suggestions for people wanting to get into the business? Um, my first one, my very first suggestion is if you go to start training with somebody that's supposed to be a trainer and you don't throw up at least twice in the first day, quit that trainer and go find yourself a real one because you're not being trained hard enough. Uh, okay. Number two, don't, and I've seen, I've seen people do this way too much. Um, even back in my day, don't change your persona. Because if you've got three different or four different or five different personas, which I've seen some people have, you split yourself five different ways, which means they might remember persona number one and number four, but they don't know persona number two, three, and five. Where if you put this all five personas into one gimmick, everybody's going to know your name. Because no matter where you go, you're using the same name. You're using the same gimmick. And you don't have to change the gimmick to be a good guy or a bad guy. Uh, okay, number nice. two, number two, practice, practice, practice. Hone your craft. You know, and, and the very first time that you walk into the ring that your heart is not in your throat, quit. All right. Because yes, that's you, a very you, good advice. Well, that that's the same advice Sandy gave me. All right, nice. All right, so what do you got coming up? Uh, right now, I don't have a lot coming up, but I still do have my book for sale. Um, 
I've got so much for sale. It, tell people to go to Vicki Otis, V-I-C-K-I-O-T as in Tom, I-S, at Facebook.com. Look me up. I, I'm making Indian chokers. I'm doing dream catchers. I've got T-shirts. I got books. I, you know, I'm a flea market all in myself right now. Um, the next, nice. uh, the next, Matt, the next place I'm going to be is in, in Guthrie in April. I believe it's April 8th. Um, I'll, I'll be posting that on my Facebook page. Um, right now, uh, I've just, the last year and a half has been, you know, really a struggle to get through. Uh, I went through several things in the last year and a half. So I'm just kind of taking a vacation here for this year so I can get back, you know, back to being me. But I promise you, if you look on my Facebook page, uh, you know, it's like with being here with you guys. I post up what I'm going to do, when I'm going to do it. Just just keep a watch on my Facebook page, and you'll know what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going back to what I've got the 8x10s for sale. We've got uh, Velvet and I have autographed. Uh, 8x10s, which is the first time that has actually happened. Uh, we've, we've got a, we had a hundred of them, but I've still got a few of those for sale. They're, uh, they're $50 for, we got two different poses. They're $50 for one and, uh, 75 for the pair. Um, and Christmas is coming up, folks. And like I said, I'm a flea market in my own, in my own right. Just, uh, give me a look at Facebook book. Okay, nice. Thank you so much for joining us. It's an honor and a privilege to have you. I wish you all the luck in the world. And, yes, I want to try to get you on my show, so I'll get a hold of you. And back to science. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just pr- private message me, or you can uh, – you know my phone number now. You can text me to that phone on that phone number, too. Thank you. And and I really appreciate it, Mike, that you, you want me on your show. That that That's an honor. I really appreciate it. Same here. Thanks. All right. Well, Princess Victoria, I want to thank you very, very much for being on today. We always appreciate you taking time to be with us. We are proud to have you in our Hall of Fame. We love you, and hopefully our paths will cross at some point in the not-too-distant future. Hopefully they will. Um, I'm, I'm starting to do some – I'm looking at some different bookings here coming up this coming year so you know i'll be out and about a little more than i have been the last year and a half nice thank you fantastic hopefully we'll see you soon we'll be watching the tvs in case you pop up there but uh, oh yeah yeah i just did they just showed my my uh segment on uh, uh vice tv called the territories and uh it was good it was me and uh the grappler and uh, the original grappler and uh 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 Luke Williams very interesting things were talked about in that show sweet we'll have to check that out nice absolutely three of my favorites right there well coaches we yep. wrap things up i believe we have a caller i believe someone uh you know Fairly well here. We have our guest from Seattle as we wrap up. Viento. Yo, what's up? Can you hear me? We yes, can hear you, hey, Viento. How are you, brother? 
I'm pretty good, pretty good. Well, kind of sore. <laughs> had a leg day on Wednesday, and I'm still pretty sore from it. <laughs> and then you had your big tryout at NOAA. Let us know about that. Oh, my God. That was one of the best ever. It uh, it, it, it was actually one of those experiences that, you know, some point in, in, in our careers, Right, like we experience things that kind of changes our the way that we look at things, the way that we, uh, you know, the way that we are, the way that you know we want to evolve. Right, so the experiences over there at NOAA, it was amazing. You know, having talent from around the world over there and meeting new people, new wrestlers, new, you know, having seeing people that do the same thing that you do and representing their own country or around the world, it, it was such an amazing, an amazing, uh, an amazing adventure. I mean, adventure experience. Um, it was uh, one of those things that, you know, we're all there to compete for one thing. You know, we're, at the end of the day, we're all going to compete to get, what we want, right? Like that 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 opportunity to go to Japan. And I mean honestly I didn't I didn't make it, but it was it was an eye opener. It was one of those things that, you know, I'm gonna change a few things so the next time I'm definitely gonna get it, right? Um, exactly. And then you made the you made the top ten out of the man. out of the people trying out. Oh yeah, I did. And uh, um, like like I said, an amazing experience, right? Um, and oh my God, it uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm still all right. Well, hey, D, uh, Viento, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Sign guy's time is limited today, so I'm pretty sure we got to wrap it up. But I'm. We're definitely going to get you booked on our show since you haven't been on Turnbuckle. Yeah, uh, what do you think, Stein? Absolutely. We will be in touch for sure. You know you're welcome here. Thank you. Thank you. Definitely, so of much. course. Thanks so much, Stein, for letting us go a little bit extra. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you, and being so when they say... No, it doesn't mean no for always. It means no for right now. So keep working hard. I got faith in you. You'll get to Japan. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Oh, Ben, we got to wrap up today. If you have not seen Princess Victoria, get on the YouTubes. There's a lot out there. She's on some of these documentaries that have come out. She's got a lot of matches that are on YouTube. And if you're not familiar with Viento yet, check him out. I've known him since his start in this business. Great young competitor. You'll probably be hearing a lot more about him in the near future. If you have some pro wrestling near you, get out there and support it. Independents need all the support they can get, so get out there, buy a ticket, buy some merchandise. We will be back with you next week. Next Friday afternoon, we have all the way from England. Preston Churchill, and then a week from today, we kick off Yule Month with Logan Frost. So make sure you join us, and we will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.